Well, welcome to FCC and Christmas at the Movies. I'm excited you're here. I hope you can tell that. For one, we get to celebrate that Christ, our Savior, has come to be the Savior of the world. Let's give him praise for that. Amen. Yeah. I'm still pumped up from last week. Last Sunday at 1030 service, we had one surprise baptism and two planned ones. And I believe we're going to see even more today. And that gets me pumped up. And thirdly, we get to dive into this uh, movie, The Elf. How many of you ever seen Elf? Okay. For some of you, you're like, it's the craziest movie I've ever seen. I don't need to see any more of it ever again. For some of you, you watch it every year multiple times. But today we're going to tie that into the truth about joy in Christmas. If you've never seen the movie... You can join us here tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to watch the entire film. We're going to have popcorn and water bottles. If you want to bring uh, some other candy or snacks and something to drink, you're welcome to. But think about bringing a friend as well and just let them dive into it. If you're online, we welcome you here today as well. As we watch these clips throughout the day, I want you to know if you're online, you will see the content on screen, but you won't hear it uh, for copyright issues. So bear with us. Uh, We will come back in, in audio after the clip is over. Um, But you and the house get to see it and hear it, and that's a a blessing, I hope, to you today. But if you've never seen the movie, Buddy is a little boy being raised in an orphanage, and he sneaks into Santa's sack and and takes a ride to the North Pole. And then for the next 30-some years, he's raised on the North Pole. It takes him that long to figure out he's not an elf, okay, and he's human. And later on, he finds out that his dad, his father lives in New York City. So he plans to go to New York City to find his dad and to save Christmas by spreading Christmas cheer, by singing loudly for all to hear. That's his model. That's how he lives. And really, if you want to know how this is going to be connected to your life today, uh, if you have already received the gift of Jesus, my challenge to you, here's the opportunity to live like it. To really live with the joy of Jesus every day of your life. Not just on Christmas, but every day. Because oftentimes we miss the point of Christmas, and we don't have cheer, let alone joy. But how does Buddy do it? How does he live it? In the midst of New York City, we're going to see some things he encounters that just give him an ability to have cheer and joy like really no other person you've seen. Watch this clip. Let's be honest. Buddy has a special gift of finding cheer in the littlest of things, uh, things that he may not really understand. And oftentimes we miss the opportunity to be joyful and, and happy over the holidays. In fact, sometimes the holidays are some of the hardest times to have joy. Did you know that 88% of Americans find the holidays to be the most stressful time of year? 88%. I don't know what the other 12 think is. Maybe tax season or if you're a farmer planning season. But 88% of Americans say, hey, the holidays really aren't that happy. They're the most stressful time of year. In fact, 20% of families are still trying to pay off their credit cards from last Christmas even before they get into this Christmas. Where's the joy in that? 31% of young couples say the worst part about Christmas is when the in-laws stop by. It's just so stressful. 31%. 56% of people say uh, they're postponing eating healthy until the new year. Those same people are going to gain four or five to six pounds this holiday season. And all of you are thinking, boy, Tyson's just a ball of Christmas joy today, isn't he? (laughs) But these things are real. These are some of the things we face. If we think going through life and the happiness of, of, of just the world around us is going to just make us smile or make us have joy, we're missing the mark. I bring all this up because of this. Christmas can become more stressful than joyful when we aren't careful. If we're not careful to put first things first and acknowledge where our joy comes from, it will be gone. Uh, if we're not careful, we become too busy. 
There's so many things to do, so many places to go, so many presents to buy, things, uh, presents to wrap. It's almost physically impossible to get it all done, and we're left worn out. Some of you are exhausted already, and you're not acting like it here. I'm thankful you're here today. But it's the first Sunday in December, December and you're already worn out. I know it's true. I wonder if you feel that way today. That's just some of you. At times, we work so hard to make everything perfect, we miss what's most important. So let's just pause for a moment. Don't forget to spend time with Jesus. Don't forget to slow down enough, maybe to even get down on your hands and knees, maybe uh, lay down and, and just be still for a moment, to set, set for a time and say, Jesus, this is for you. This season is all about you, and we give you glory, God. Thank you for sending your one and only Son to be our Savior, to save us from our sins. Thank you, and just be in his presence. Let's do that now, just for a moment. Let's just be still before God and in your heart uh, acknowledge uh, that God has given you this gift of Jesus. Let's, let's pray silently. Father, it's difficult to slow down because we're so busy. Father, it often stills the joy that really is about the season, knowing Jesus. Help us to know him. Father, I pray that it become, he becomes real inspired by the Holy Spirit today by someone in this room, that they would receive him and acknowledge him as their Savior and, and find the joy that maybe has been eluding them for so long. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe the busyness isn't your problem. You're like, man, the only thing I had going all week long was church. Maybe busyness isn't your problem. Maybe it's you've become bitter. And be careful not to become bitter. What I mean by that is your relationships just make you bitter, makes you angry. Maybe this past year you've had a falling out with someone you've known for years. It's that person that usually hang out over the holidays if you get any spare time. And, and, and something has happened between you two. And you're fearful. You kind of know in your heart that you're not even going to talk this Christmas season. There's not going to be a card. There's not going to be a phone call. There's not going to be a party. Maybe there's stress and strain within your family because someone said the wrong thing or they didn't say the right thing. And you're worried about the relationship. Maybe it's hurt beyond repair. Maybe worse yet, maybe your husband or wife has done something to you that you thought no one would ever do to you and, and it's so uh, hurtful to your heart you become bitter and you're not sure you can make it through another holiday event uh, faking it that things are okay. You're not sure if you can get through it. That's how bad you're hurt. And you're bitter. And, and those are real feelings and they rob us of our happiness. Your heart is breaking. Maybe it's not busyness. Maybe it's not you're bitter. Maybe it's just you're broken emotionally. You know what often breaks us emotionally as humans is when we go through a Christmas season, a holiday, and we go through this season for the first time and someone we love is not there. And it breaks us. It breaks our hearts that, that we're going to go through a, a Christmas season and grandma and grandpa aren't there. Maybe your son or daughter is no longer with us. Uh, maybe it's a best friend and, and the gift that you've always given, you, you, you plan to do it and you realize they're no longer with you and your heart is broken it's not easy, it's real. Or maybe none of those apply. You're just broke. Financially, you're just broke. You're not bitter, uh, you're not too busy, you just are out of money. And the Christmas, as much as any other season, highlights this reality that you're broke. Because there's things you want to do for people, gifts you want to buy, uh, time you want to spend away, and you can't because you don't have the budget to do that. In fact, you're just trying to survive. And it's tough. There are so many things that if we're not careful... Robert, joy. But we got to remember the difference between happiness and joy. 
Because as D said, joy does not come from our circumstances. Joy comes from God within us. The definition of joy we, we established back in September in an entire series about this. I want to share it with you again. Here's the definition we arrived at. Joy is experiencing great delight through trusting the Lord and anticipating his promises regardless of current circumstances. Who doesn't want to experience great delight? Who doesn't want to trust the Lord uh, that his promises are true? And what gets in the way of that is our circumstances. And we think, well, if that is not in control, these things have, have left us as well. And it's not true. Joy comes from trusting God. But how is this possible right now in the midst of everything that's going on? See, true, jo true joy comes from trusting the Holy Spirit within us, not the things that happen around us. And so here's the first truth that you can write down in your minds. Joy is produced by the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, next time something goes awry, your circumstances aren't good, remind yourself, my joy cannot be taken away because it's the Holy Spirit living within me. Galatians 5 tells us this, that there's fruit of the Spirit, and one of them is joy. Do you display that as a follower of Jesus? This is key because if we don't belong to Christ, if we have not been saved from our sins by his grace, if we have not accepted his gift of the Holy Spirit, you cannot have joy, period. If you're here today and you're wondering, I've never felt joy, I don't, don't think I've ever captured it, it may be because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to indwell in you. The Holy Spirit will produce joy. It goes well beyond a movie or a song or, or a, a good feeling. It's, it's a peace that passes all understanding that no matter what is happening, I am secure in the arms of Christ. That's joy. But Tyson, I know a lot of people that have joy that don't know Jesus. Really? They may look like they have joy. Yeah, yeah Tyson, there's these people. They're always, they're always smiling. They're always so full of energy. Uh, that I, I'm sure they have joy, but they've never said anything about Jesus. In fact, I don't think they know him at all. Then I want you to know, based on God's word, they don't have joy. What they are is happy, or they're flat out faking it. And happiness and joy are different. While happiness and joy are good, something that the world offers is definitely happiness for a time. But it will leave based on circumstances. Happiness is based on what happens to you, while joy comes from the Holy Spirit living in you. See, happiness is based on circumstances. See, when the car is running well and the, and the kids are all healthy and the report cards are good and the credit card is paid down and the stocks are up, most of us are happy. But what happens when the kids get COVID and the report card's not good and our relationships are strained and the, banking card, the bank account is drained? Happiness is hard to find. But joy is different. It's not based on circumstances. It's based on the Holy Spirit living in us. It produces joy. So here's what I would challenge you to do even right now. Even in your heart as you're listening to me. This may be the, the first time you've ever done this. Ask God to grow your joy as a fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life if you're a believer. Some of you have never done this before. Say, God, I know you promised joy. I know it's a fruit of the Spirit. God, produce that fruit in me uh, for your glory. And I declare he will as you focus on him. Ask God, say, God, uh, give me a, a blessing of the Holy Spirit to produce joy that the world will see shining for you. Because when the world fails and we'll be flawed and happiness will, will fade away, God does not fail, and he will continue to produce joy. Look what it says in Acts chapter 14 about this matter. It says, God has given proof of what he's like. It, it, the, the, the author here declares, God shows us what he's like. He has shown us kindness by giving you rain from heaven. 
I heard that rain this morning. Uh, I think it was even raining during this last, uh, this beginning of this service. He, he shows us who he is by giving us rain. He gives us crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food. Man, we, we, we see that in our culture so much. Rain, uh, great harvest. He gives us a blessing of food during the holidays. And yet we have this list of other things we want. He says, see these things he has given you and know this. He fills your heart with joy. I think what the scripture here is saying, God provides joy by giving us what we need. That's, I believe, why Jesus says, uh, pray that God would give us our what? Our daily bread. God doesn't say, hey, pray that he would give you this extravagant uh, Christmas list, which might provide happiness. But God, through his word, is saying, focus on the rain, a harvest, and food, and say, God, I delight in what you've done. That's who you are. You're good. Sometimes we focus on too many things, our wants, our wish lists, and we miss the point. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul writes the church in Thessalonians. He says this. God is the one who bless, blessed and fills us with joy. We and the Lord were your examples. He says, so you looked at God, you looked at the Lord, you looked at, you looked at me, the apostle Paul, and you welcomed our message even when you were suffering terribly. So here's the ironic part. Before we go to this last portion, he says, you saw what the Lord did for us on the cross. You, you saw uh, my example as how I suffered on your behalf. And you, you followed us and you had joy even in your suffering because here's what it says. You welcomed it with joy that the Holy Spirit gives. Right now, I know you well enough, many of you, that your circumstances are pretty cruddy. It's rotten. Some of you are going through uh, hard times relationally, financially. Uh, many of you at home, uh, you know, you're tested positive for COVID. It's a crazy situation. We've been doing this almost two years, and you're like, what is going on? This is the season we were going to finally be with family again, and it's messed up. Things are rotten, but it doesn't have to steal your joy. He says, look, your hearts have been filled by the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of terrible suffering. In the book of Acts, we see the apostles. Man, the church grew the most when they were under uh, pressure, when they were under persecution. And look what happened even under the pressure. It says, the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Say, God, fill us with joy. Fill us with the Holy Spirit for your glory. See, true joy comes from and it flows from a living God that blesses his children. He wants to bless you. Ask him for that joy. As a young father, I quickly became very... Um, encouraged by and inspired by uh, when Tiffany and I would give the boys a gift, a good gift, something they'd asked for, something they needed. And, and, and what really gave my heart joy was not seeing them use the gift, whether it was a, um, a baseball glove or a game. It, it wasn't, that's not where the greatest joy came from. It was whenever they received the gift and they slowed down enough to express their thanks and their gladness or their joy with who gave it to them. I can remember many times when the boys would open a gift and they would run to Tiffany and give her a hug. They would put down the gift, the thing that, that we thought was going to provide happiness, and they would cling onto the relationship and express to us, thank you. What, what a great encouragement it is to say thank you to the Father. But what do we do to express our joy to the Father, to Jesus? There was a time when, early on, when Daly came to live with us and and she really began to communicate, and she began to thrive in our midst. And she was um, 
really enjoying food for the first time in her life. And it was beautiful to see. And it was during the holiday season. We were sitting down talking about all the things we were doing, maybe the gifts that were on the boys' list. And surprisingly enough, Tiffany put this meal before us. It was just kind of a basic meal. I don't even remember what it was. Nothing special. The boys were just consuming it. And Tiffany put it in front of Daly. And Daly just went to Tiffany and gave her a hug and said, thank you for her food. And it melted my heart. I can still think about that today. What are you doing, though, to express your thanksgiving and praise for the joy you have to the Father in heaven? How do we express that? The Bible tells us time and time again, we see it in Scripture. We're going to see it in the movie Elf again, that we can express our joy by proclaiming it in singing. Joy is proclaimed in singing. You can see it in the movie Elf at almost every turn. Uh, just out of nowhere, uh, the elf will be singing. Buddy will sing, and maybe it's not that uh, good of a song at times, but, but it's amazing. You know, the be- best way the motto says for the elf, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loudly for all to hear. This next clip I'm going to show you, though, is the best of the day. I promise. At least, at least I believe with all my heart. And it has nothing to do with the movie Elf. But it depicts someone that many of you know that is displaying joy that comes from deep down inside because his family and Christmas season is upon him. Watch this clip. Hey, let's give it up for Leroy. I know he's singing a song about Santa, but but as I got Leroy's permission to share with you that clip, it it became obvious to me. The reason he had joined his heart, his family is there, and they're preparing uh, to celebrate Christ this season. And man, that gives me true joy to see a a man willing to to share with his mouth what God has done for him and his joy is in his heart. It makes me think of Psalms 95. It says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. It is amazing when we come together in worship and we sing together. It gave me joy as I listened to you this morning as we were singing that you were expressing who God is and what he means to you. And you were expressing it loudly with passion. At first service, Dee and I often worship together right down front. And we were singing one of the Christmas classics, and, and Ben chose a little bit of a high octave, I guess, for the main uh, lead of that. And usually I can follow Ben, but I kept hitting a couple notes, and it was falling flat. And so I noticed D went down, so then I went down with D, but I couldn't go as low as D was. And I leaned over D and said, D, I don't know where I'm supposed to be on this song, okay? <laughs> but you know what I did? I ramped it up, turned it up to 10, and I just sang even louder. Because here's what the scripture says. Come, let us sing to joy for the Lord. Let us shout aloud. It doesn't say, let make sure you're singing in harmony. It doesn't make sure you're on the beat. It says, declare with passion that Jesus is your rock. Amen? Amen. So there are times when what we do is beautiful. And there are times when what we do is powerfully amazing before God. Because we're saying, thank you for the, what you've done for us in salvation in Jesus Christ. Psalms 100 says this. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing with joy. See, when we sing, we get to declare what we believe about God. 
At this point in the service, I hope I'm reminding you about God and what he's done for you and how we can respond. But when we come together initially for joy, it is not a warm-up for the sermon. It is not an intro to communion. It is a part of the main course when we come together that we declare as a body, as brothers and sisters, that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. And we can do that together. Let it never be thought that what we do before communion, before worship, uh, before any part of the message that it's not as important as any of the rest. Because what we're doing this is making much about Jesus. David says, I can also do this on my own. I can do it privately. Look what he says in Psalm 71. He declares, I will sing praises to you with a lyre. O holy one of Israel, I will shout for joy and sing your praise, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteousness, your righteous deeds all day long. I, I can see that this is an individual thing because he not only says, hey, I'm going to do this because of what you've done for me, but I'm going to do this all day long. Not just when I'm gathered with the church family, not just with the nation of Israel, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to make sure I'm doing this on my own, and it's good for the heart. It's good for a relationship with God. And I've done this. Many of you may have seen this. Uh, um, if you're around town or on the interstate, sometimes I'll be in my car and um, I'll just be driving along. I'll have an Enjoy FM and there's no coincidence the name of that radio station and what it does to many of us. We hear a song and we turn it up and, and in the privacy of my car with the windows up, I let it go. I let it out. And it's off key and it's bad. I just turn it up a little louder. There are times whenever I'm excited and it makes me drive a little faster, but, but my heart races with excitement for what God's done for me. And I, I declare that before him. And there's also times where that same radio station or the same worship music brings a different emotion. And it's still me having a joyful spirit before him, but it may be because I've lost someone close to me. Or a tough decision is in the ministry. Or we're having a hardship at home and there's stress within relationships. And I'll turn on a song and it'll declare the same message. And I will sing with passion, but it can barely come out. And I'm, I'm willing to admit to this to you. Tears will run down my face, but yet it is still joy in my heart. And David here says, whether I'm with someone or I'm alone, I will sing praises to you, God, for you have ransomed me. It's not always easy. We see it in David's life in Psalms 59. David is on his own completely. In fact, if you know the context of this chapter, uh, what it seems to be, David is kind of withdrawn to, I, I believe, probably like a cave environment. He's kind of went off hiding because Saul is out to kill him. This is somewhere between where he has killed Goliath with the slingshot and the stone, and before he is actually placed on the throne of the king of Israel, he is in hiding running from Saul. And the scripture tells us that while he is hiding, he is surrounded by his enemy. And it gives this idea that the enemy doesn't know that David knows they're there, and they're trying to hide, and they know he is, he is running for his life. What is amazing, at the moment where he is hunkered down, and they're wondering how they're going to get to him to kill him. Here's what they hear him saying. Look at Psalms 59. David says, In this moment I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I will, praise, I will sing praise to you, God. You are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. So get this, in the moment his enemies think they've got him with his back against the wall and he's about ready to wave the white flag saying, I can't take this anymore, I'm going to succumb to you and to death and, and you've won. Instead of giving up and th waving the white flag, he says, I'm going to praise God. 
What a hit to his enemy. You know, that moment you, you, you've got your uh, enemy with their back against the wall, you're thinking, uh, here's the moment. David declares, you are my strength, God. What a beautiful thing. I love the imagery, imagery here of the moment where they think he's going to be hopeless. He declares his hope in, in the Lord. There will be times when the world thinks they've got the best of us. There will be times when Satan thinks your back is against the corner. How will you respond? You have to choose today, I believe. You need to choose right now that when the circumstance of life, when the things that, uh, of the world that can go wrong and they do, when even as you face death, when death may be coming for you, are you going to wave the white flag and say, there is no hope? Or will you say, my hope is in Jesus Christ and I praise his wonderful name and sing to him? We need to make that choice now. There must be a, a time and a commitment that, that when even the world doesn't understand, we will declare our love for the Father. You may know where I'm going with this in the, in the movie of Elf. But early on as he finds his father, uh, no one understands him at all. They're like, what are you doing? They, they, they even think he's there for a different reason. But I want you to see in this next clip, in, in the moment where no one gets him, Buddy the Elf is willing to declare his love for his dad. Watch this. So when the world doesn't understand, when you know it's time to declare you love, I love you, I love you, I love you, and everyone's around saying, just give up on him. No one gets this. What are you going to do? When you've been hit and head on by something, are you going to continue to, to thrive and strive to, to have a relationship with the Father, or are you going to give up? Here's an interesting thing about joy. Look at this next truth. Joy perseveres through suffering, making us more like Jesus. In, in that moment, and in, in that, that movie clip illustrates it well, when, when you are ready to declare your relationship with the Father, but everything around you goes wrong and you're misunderstood, that's when you grow the most because it's not easy. There's pain involved. Some of you are going to be hit head on this week by something you are not expecting. How are you going to react? Here's the way James says we have to do it. We have to persevere. Look what it says in James 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It produces it. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know what James is saying? When we become mature and complete, we look like Jesus. And when things are hard, we need to consider it joy. We need to consider it as an opportunity that we're growing when you see pain in your life, know that God is working in you to make you more like Jesus. It's actually a sign of maturity. Uh, I can see it very quickly now at the age of 40. And I don't always do this. I'm actually 44. So be like, you're over 40. Yes, I'm 44. At, at this age, people, uh, I can see people, the difference between someone who wants to run from pain and someone who can live in it to make them stronger. And I'm still trying to figure out which what I do. But guys, next time you're hit with something, next time you're faced something, you have a choice to become more like Jesus or, or, or wave the white flag and say, I'm done. I wonder what right now, what are you facing right now that has been making you crazy because it's just driving, just driving you insane? You feel like you're being overwhelmed. What are you facing right now instead of it driving you crazy could actually make you more like Christ if you endure? It may be the fact you're too busy or relational problems. It may be the fact you're short on money. It may be the fact that you've lost loved one, a loved one that you don't know if you can live without. In that pain, God is helping and ready to make you grow to be more like Christ. But you've got to keep your eyes focused on him. Dee read this passage in a minute ago in the communion time. Look what it says in Hebrews 12. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. 
the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. He says, don't wave the white flag. Don't come out and say, I can't do this anymore. Fix your eyes on him and endure as he did, and he will perfect your faith. The biblical key to joy is keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because tomorrow when this world lets us down, Jesus will still be on the throne. And he's not going anywhere. And he desires to know you and be in a relationship with you and know you forever. If you'll receive him. The key is knowing Jesus and looking to him. There's a final scene I want to share with you from the film Elf. And Buddy is surprising everyone with his attitude in a very good way. And this store manager comes to him and finally says, why are you doing that? He said, why are you doing that? He goes, I just like to smile. And then he jumps right into it, leads right into the great testimony. He goes, Santa's good, Santa. And then he said, I know him. His joy comes from knowing Santa. And it's just a film. Some of you are thinking, I know first service, some of you online be like, I could just watch this and get as much out of it. If I just watch the whole film, I might as well do that at home. No, here, here's the big transition. While we can gain uh, some truth and, and have uh, some happiness from this movie, uh, here's the transitional thing. Do you know him? I'm not talking about Santa. I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know Jesus as your Lord? Because when you know him and you look to be with him forever, that's where joy comes from. Joy is made possible by knowing Jesus as your Savior. Can you say that today? Does it get you excited, or are you like, yeah, I know him, and I'll do better? No, I know him, and I can't wait to be with him forever. I know him, and I know some of you do. And it's changed your life. Jesus Christ has changed my life. And I actually think the, the motto the elves have can translate to the Christian living. Look at these three things, uh, the, these three models of the elves. The first is this, treat every day like it's Christmas. We all know that the feeling and the joy that comes from Christmas. As Christians, saved by the grace of God, we can have joy every day of our lives. Not just December, not just on Christmas morning. But we need to be living with the gift of Christmas every day, that salvation in Christ is enough. There will be things this Christmas that don't go well. Will you make a claim that salvation and knowing Jesus is enough? You need to make the decision before the, the crud happens. The second thing that we see in the model of the elves that can be lived in our lives is there's room for everyone on the nice list. And you're like, well, that's nice. It goes further than that for Christians. So this is this concept that there is room for every single person we meet, every single person in the world to come to salvation through Jesus and have joy that they've never experienced. And yet as Christians, sometimes we're like, I don't know if I really need to be in a relationship with them. They're never going to get it. That's a lie from hell. Every single person, every boy and girl, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, have an opportunity not to be on the nice list, but on uh, the roll in heaven through Jesus Christ. But we have to share that truth with them, that they can be saved by what he's done for us on the cross. So what do we do with that? I think it leads us to this final motto. The best way to spread Christmas cheers by singing loudly for all to hear. As Christians who are sharing the truth, we need to use our voices to proclaim what God has done. Yeah, we can do it in singing, and that's a part of it. But I think the most powerful voice you have is sitting down with a family member or a friend over this season. Just say, man, I love you, and here's why. 
I'm excited what's happening in the world no matter what because my uh, salvation is secure in Jesus. And, and you can have that as well. You, you know the peace that I have? Even when all these things are going wrong, it is because of Jesus in my life. Your voice to spread joy, not just cheer, is something that each one of us can do. I wonder if you know him. If so, be living out these truths. That truly the best way to spread Christmas cheers by singing loudly for all to hear, by using our voice to proclaim Jesus. Many of you know that. I want to remind you this Christmas season, that's why you've all been given one of these. Okay, you're wondering, what's he going to do with those really? I would encourage you, if you can, if possible, go ahead and put this on. It's a different look. <laughs> you're like, Tyson, you're the ugliest elf I've ever seen. But if you're a believer of Jesus Christ, if you've been saved by his blood, I would ask you when you see this hat this Christmas and maybe uh, until God calls you home to know that you've been called to live like it's Christmas every day with the grace of Jesus Christ alive in your life. That you have been called to look at each individual that you come into contact with as someone that needs saving through the blood of Jesus and that you would be compelled to use your voice to share that hope. That Jesus is the Son of the living God who came to be the greatest gift of all. You may be here today and you're like, man, I put the hat on, but I'm not happy. In fact, I hate the way it looks. I hate everything about this. If you've realized that you've never had joy, you've never had happiness, man, today may be the day you need to make that confession that I need Jesus. Because the things of this world have never really given me joy. I've been happy at times. But today, if you want to claim the happiness through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in you, D and I would love to talk to you. In fact, D would like to introduce you to someone right now, two people that would like to make that declaration today. Let's praise God for this opportunity to see this. To you, uh, Amy and Levi Parrott. Um, Amy and Levi uh, have, have been in our community for a little while. Uh, Amy was... Uh, uh, the caregiver for Willie Souls, uh, and uh, of course, you know, most of you know Willie passed away here uh, some months back. But uh, as they have been worshiping with us, and especially because of the great examples from last Sunday, uh, Amy called me on Monday, and we got together with Levi on Thursday, and we talked, and they said, uh, this is something that we need to do. We've never done this. We believe in Jesus, but never been baptized into Christ. And so I said, well, that's great. Let's, let's do this. And gosh, <laughs> this bell's ringing in my hearing aid. Um, <clears throat> we are so, so grateful to have you here this morning and for the decision that you've made to give your life to Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to ask you, if you would, to share that great confession together, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll make our way to the baptistry. Would you repeat after me? I believe. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. And I accept him as. And I accept him as. And I accept him as. My Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. Would you stand with us? Maybe you need to make that decision today. Maybe it's it's through your voice. Maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's you need to be baptized. Man, we'll stay as long as it takes today. Uh, and, and walk with you in that path because joy comes from Jesus. Let's declare that to the world, joy to the world right now. Praise God.